And, excuse me, and we are recording with one of the people, one of the longest, uh, one of the longest friends I've had in my life. You're up there with uh, with Matt Walker, and I've known you since, I've known Jack since, since fifth grade. I've known Jack. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Accents about a month before 9-11 for 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 reference um, yep. middle school high school and even college um but jack you've been here several times you've uh been patient enough to, to describe nfts to me and uh i know that you were very involved in all things uh cryptocurrency and blockchain things that go very far over my head as i sit here babbling like an idiot trying to keep up with you um so why don't we just jump into the episode because i know we got a limited amount of time um what are you working on now, man? Well, I for the past year and a half, I've been working on an NFT startup called Nifty Comedians. It was a comedy NFT marketplace. Uh, we onboarded about 40 comedians, and we onboarded uh, an iconic stand-up New York, um, kind of Upper West Side, Manhattan, New York City Comedy Club. That is hosted Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Amy Schumer, and a bunch of other comedy stars. And so we, uh, you know, we received investor funding for it, received grants for it. Um, we received a pre-seed and seed round uh, for it. And uh, um, over the past year and a half, we, we've run through our, unfortunately, we run through our runway. Don't really have a lot of uh, unfortunate organic traffic to continue. So now we're, we're winding the company down, down now. And then I am looking for, I'm looking for either full-time web blockchain roles, crypto roles, or I'm tossing around a few ideas with some other friends, founder friends, and I have, have a new company, but this sort of in between things right now. Can you? Is there any? Um, is there any after action report that you can learn from this to kind of pivot onto your next thing? Oh, tons! I sent out a um, a, a list of of things that we could have done better as a company to all of our investors for a guide for their founders for their portfolio companies. Um, there was there was a you know there's it, it coincides with sort of this there's like an NFT crash slash cryptocurrency value crash in the past six months but also there's a lot of things we could have done done better um, probably off the top of my head a few things like um, user feedback we we built sort of built the marketplace and the and the, and the website sort of based on totally my vision which we should really should have been getting a lot more user feedback um, and user you know testing and a lot more um, feedback from actual users. As we built the the uh, the marketplace, I also sort of became obsessed with was obsessed with our competitors. And and uh, there was a company called Jam that raised about uh, 3.5 million um, from D- Dapper Labs and Arrington Capital. A bunch of the companies probably valued at uh, 50 million or so. That was sort of right at our peak of fundraising. We were we raised about 200,000 at a two million dollar valuation, and I kind of. It was a knee-jerk reaction up to our valuation to a $10 million valuation, which have, which kind of stopped our fundraising because uh, it really made a lot of our conversations about total available market and the actual market instead of actual our progress in, in a steady pace and that kind of, you know, that, that, that obsession with competition kind of 
derailed us a little bit. Um, there's um, you know a number of things that we, we definitely could, could, could have done better. Um, myself, I I also you know I was also obsessed with getting to market first um, and like sort of um, you know like I hired a lot of mercenaries instead of missionaries. I should have really <laughs> been hiring people that were in it for the culture and for the long term instead of people that were could do a job quickly. Um, you know, just like more, also just more measured execution instead of, you know, rushing to launch and rushing things out, um, having a measured executed launch. There's a saying that, um, you know, an expert, expert baker measures twice and cuts once. And then an, an amateur sort of cuts a million times, hoping he'll hit one time. So a lot of things we could have done better, but uh, it definitely also co- co- coincides with the, with the market terms. I think the the NFT market is down like down 90%, 80% in the last like six months. So that's also an outside force, but there's not a lot of things we could have done better. The NFT market's down that much? Yeah, it's down now probably about 80% now uh, from its highs over in 2021. Jeez. How does that, is that now, so is whatever you're getting into next, do you have to then look at that? and, and Sure. So are you going to try to get back into NFTs or are you going to try to do something else? Well, there's a couple of applications that are um, have like there's a, there's a new a new crypto application that has about that had about two hundred million dollar profit in quarter two of 2022. It's called Steppen. It's a uh, move to earn app. It basically it's it sort of tracks your movements like any kind of like fitness app, and then rewards you with crypto, uh, not NFTs, but just sort of crypto, and so. Um, and so uh, I've got a couple of founders and a couple of investors that are interested in uh, in me starting a uh, move to earn app. Actually, sort of, sort of like a, almost like a eat eat healthy to um, to earn app where you sort of take pictures of healthy food that you're eating and you can earn crypto. But uh, it's very early stages. I'm, I'm tossing around with with a couple a, a couple of potential co-founders, but early stages. How does that? So who who pays for that? Like what? So who, the people that would pay for it are like healthy restaurants would get access to our users. Um, if they they pay, they would pay us, that would sort of be our revenue model. Get a lot of restaurants that are trying to get their uh, healthy eaters is the restaurants would you know pay us for promotion or, or, or ads. Um, and then the people on the app would see the ads, but also could just earn money. Um, so it, it's sort of like a tokenomic model is that we get enough, um, you know, restaurants and you know people don't want to pay for advertising to pay for the people that want to be earning and uh i guess at that point our revenue would be, need to be larger than the, the amount of people earn but uh but yeah how many if you don't mind me asking if you don't mind me asking all these questions i'm um, just out of out of curiosity um how many people were involved with the the prior business we we had a consistent team of six we had three um developers engineers that had about nine 12 years experience and a cto that was with us from the beginning i had a co-founder and a um and a content producer comedian comedian liaison who had 20 years experience and how do you make a vacation last how do you hold on to the joy the clarity the calm easy you go to aruba You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. 
Plan your trip at aruba.com. In media, um, but um, our team ranged, we had, we had about up to 10 people, but then we, uh, we had a solid six, team of six throughout. Do and then think- there was, and then we had, I think we had, I want to say we had like eight investors, I want to say. I'm just trying to look. I'm just trying to look at my own experiences from like 2016 forward, like trying to do writing. Because I mean, I I failed at failed at writing, failed at like video producing. I failed at like making YouTube skits. Failed at uh trying to make my own like uh like like Onion or Babylon B. I tried to do Photoshop is the closest I got to starting to succeed, but I just couldn't break through. there was just a ceiling I could, for the life of me I couldn't get through. I think I probably could if I stuck with it, but I was like, I I don't want to keep like hitting this one nail on the head. I I just I don't see it working. This is really the only thing I've done that's barely even beginning to like flirt with the idea of uh, paying for itself. It's it's that's awesome. It's very slow, but the the point is is so like I've had to like be like brutally honest with myself, looking back and like what. I'd say like the first critique, not that you asked any of this, but the first critique I had of myself was you really have to like, inter- not just say it like a, like a nice little quote, but truly internalize the, like the mantra that it's a marathon, like do not burn out. You gotta, you gotta be, be able, you gotta be, you gotta go strong every week for like 500 weeks. And then the next was the next thing I realized was, I just had to kind of acknowledge it with myself that like, I just, I can't work with other people. And that's my, I don't, I don't view that as a flaw as other people. I think it's my own inability. And if, once I acknowledge that, because I didn't like the idea, I was like, no, I want to be someone who's good to work for. And it's like, well, that's okay. We well, can't have your cake and eat it. Like, so I'm, I'm five, nine, I'm not going to the NBA. I accepted that. And like, you know, move forward. I was like, I don't do well with employees. So I'm probably never going to have a huge business, but I can be very hard on myself and make that beneficial so that was another thing was like if i do this i'm never going to be involved i'm not never going to hire a cameraman i'm never going to hire an audio guy i'm never going to hire a social media guy i just have to do and that comes with a lot of implications and you got to own it um but so i'm just looking at from my own self is just being brutally honest with yourself and just like being like what was a point of failure in the last thing eradicate that and then move forward um and now because uh, I'm an egotistical asshole, I'm not projecting that onto you. Do you think you're going to move? Or I don't know, maybe you're opposite. Maybe you do better working with even more people. And maybe next time instead of six, you want 12. Is that it? Or do you see yourself, is it maybe just slough off everyone and go solo? Um, yeah, I would say, once again, I need to put my dog up because he's really barking really loud. You're good, you're good. Um. um I would think one thing that influenced me, like us, like rushing to market and like causing some of our errors was that I think I kind of under, I, I thought that I could like do things so well myself that I can cut down the timeline. A lot of people, you know, told me before I started the company of like, it's at least like a three or four commitment. And then when you're talking to a lot of investors and investors were like, well, it's a 10 year commitment. It's not three or four year, a 10 year commitment. And then in my head, I was always like, I can do it faster. Like I can, I'm a hustler. I can, you know, do it faster. And coupled with the fact that, um, you know, I was getting married. Uh, we were buying a house. You know, I needed to make it work faster for just our life goals. 
So I needed to make it profitable slash um, things happen faster than 10 years. Um, so that was caused a lot of the cost, a lot of the, um, you know, rushing what I needed, I needed to do and a lot of the um, errors of, of not planned well planned execution because I was just sort of rushing things. Uh, that's probably a factor that I definitely, in the next venture, I would sort of, if we started, started another project, I would sort of plan for on the on like the 10 year, year horizon and how I would sort of make income to support myself, you know, elsewhere and mm-hmm. also uh, be able to, you know, do, do the project for 10 years and give me my all. So I think that's, that's a big, that's a big factor that I think subconsciously was playing into it. Yeah, that that's like another thing I kind of found for me was when I started this podcast, I was above my parents' garage, having moved home in 2016 at the age of 26. And I was doing this podcast at, at 30, above my parents' garage. And whereas I had failed with Photoshop, because I tried to get other people to, somebody run the social media, somebody run the store. But these were friends I had who were out of college, you know, who had a good job on the side, and they were allured into the idea of being their own boss. And it, but it was kind of a side gig for them. And I was like ferociously like seeing red, like I have to get out of here. I, I'm, I'm 30 years old living above my parents' garage. Like what the fuck am I doing with my life? And then I would get angry when they did. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. have the same ferocity, you know, they will do, they might do 30 minutes on an evening on a weekday evening. But then Friday comes around and, you know, they're done for the week and they're living in wherever, Charlotte or Chicago, and they're going out and getting fucked up and enjoying being, you know, in their 20s with a salary. And I'm like waking up at like 6 a.m. on a Saturday to like burn through all Saturday and all Sunday. And then I would get upset that they weren't on that same sort of DEFCON 1 war footing that I was. And ultimately, neither of us were wrong. I was doing what was necessary in my life. And I would probably be doing the same thing if I was in their life and was making six figs at a job in downtown Manhattan. Like, of course, you're going to go out and drink and try to get laid. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And so what I had to do was go, it's not wrong what they're doing. It's just, I, if I want this to be, if I want this thing to kind of act in a survival mode, I can only have people who are in survival mode. And I didn't know anybody else living at home with their parents. And I was like, well, then you just have to do this on you. You can't get mad at anybody else for not getting up at 5 a.m. You know, where's the fire? How come you're not hungry? Why are you playing video games? Like you should be work because that's what I do all day, every day. It's I've been working for five hours already. I'm probably going to be working till 1 a.m. today for the 500th day in a row. And that's fine. But there's no one to point fingers at. And the, the wins are on me. And the losses are on yeah. it, but it gets rid of a lot of energy inefficient finger pointing because I know who yeah. did it, me. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a co-founder who was working full time at another firm that paid her well. Yeah, and I, you know, we get frustrated if she wouldn't do things the pace that I would or yeah. didn't seem 
put it as much. And then I realized it's like, it's just different life circumstances. Like I kind of needed to accept that and be able to, to like, you know, operate, you know, and just, like you said, just focus on what you can, you can do. Yeah. Uh, don't really worry about anyone else. Yeah. Um, so then you still have contacts with investors, correct? Yes. I don't know anything about that. So what is, is that, is there a bad taste in their mouth if you had to wind the company down or is it more of like, um, yeah, so I got a lot of, I got a lot of really nice messages after I, you know, sent out that the message to investors that were winding down uh-huh. it's a list of everything I did wrong and things we could have done better. A lot of them said that they're sending it to their founders and really appreciate the feedback. Um, you know, the, the investor said to me like 95% of the time you invest, you sort of expect it to fail. So it's, mm-hmm. It's, okay. you know, they're, they're sort of saying they're, they're thankful that I'm kind of honest with them. I'm like, you know, being transparent. Um, and uh, I, I basically did, I did monthly investor emails throughout the process. And for about six months, I pretty much was like, hey, our runaway is not good. It's, you know, these things are not looking good. We, we really some, use some interesting investors or things are not so great. And then, um, so none no, of no, them were really surprised. Uh, but they were just thankful and, uh, and for my transparency and uh, um, multiple said they're excited to see what, what I'm going to do my, from my next venture. Because a lot of times like, um, you know, in in startups and like two ex founders, even if the company, their first company wound, wound down and it's, you've learned, I learned so much in the past year and a half. I've learned more in the last year and a half than I learned in my five years as a CPA, big accounting firms combined. Yeah. Um, and just I wrote them all down, and I'm going to apply them to my next project or, or role or venture, um, you know, or full time role. So, um, so a lot of everyone had, you know, everyone's pretty much everyone is is all good, um, and it's just wishing me the best. Yes, I guess that's a good point. I'm not looking at it as an investor. I'm looking at it as a broke 32 year old. If you if you've got money to invest in these other projects yeah you've probably grown tired of or have already done well in like traditional investing and this is more of like uh you want to find something and get on the ground floor of it so it's a little more it's got a little more casino feel to it i would imagine not that i have a billion dollars but i'm just gonna put myself in the mind yeah you probably take a portion of that and you're probably yeah yeah you're going to the slots and you're like let's let's see what else is out there you know you get it on the ground floor of apple or even just some startup and you might be able to i'm sure there's a rush to it there's probably an excitement and the chance to get loaded but you're probably also going into it i've never gone into a casino before with the uh with the expectation that i was gonna you know turn a turn a buck you know best case scenario we win a couple hundred bucks and then we spend it all on alcohol and get shit faced but you always go in with like a hundred bucks and you're like we're probably not coming out with this and like it's fine because you're there for the kind of the experience and eh, if you if you make some you know whatever but you're not banking on that you've probably got a job even if it's minimum wage that you're actually getting an income from so i guess that makes sense right it's probably not there's there's probably not a whole lot of like ill will or 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 bad tastes in mouth right it's like I said, it's 95% that it goes to zero and there's a 5% that you're going to make 200 times your money. <laughs> yeah. So it all kind of ends out. And um, I think 
even though they're losers, they want to just be associated with good founders, with good, good reputations that are transparent. Uh, you know, because there's a lot of bad founders out there and there's also a lot of bad VCs out there. So you want to just work with people that are have good reputations. Um, so what's, what's a VC? Venture capitalist. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so to kind of go from there then, is it out of the realm of possibility that uh, you'd be able to contact them again for your next venture? Do you think they actually... No, would... uh, it's it's very possible that they, they wouldn't be the first to invest. I've been oh. in contact with an investor that is like, you know, I've been asking if, if would you be interested in this idea? And he says, I love that idea. Why don't you, you know, go get a grant and then we can talk uh, when you're wow. at the right stage. Um, I think, uh, you know, so like, this is sort of my, my first contacts or my investors that are excited about my next venture. Because sometimes it's just, sometimes you can have the best founder and, and a good team and it's just the idea or the market just outside forces just happen. I mean, the, you know, the NFT market crash was tough. Um, and, you know, a company, the founder of a company that's learned what they, you know, what they did wrong and are going to apply their lessons to the next venture. Um, you know, like, like, for example, um, like, for example, Adam Newman, he started WeWork after failing three or four times, you know, raising the valuation to 20 billion of WeWork, obviously it went crashed to about 4 billion, but it's still a $4 billion company. And he just raised, I think 350 million for his next venture um, because they, they know that founders that have learned hard lessons are going to apply it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah. So, so sometimes it's just that the idea that the circumstances were, were, were harder. And if they, if I have a, a new app that has market validation that has, um, the right team and you know the right people around it now that i've met a lot more context in my year and a half it could be really a, a really big winner now are you inclined to so like another thing i, I think i kind of learned was like like the photoshop stuff i was making it was cool but it was absurd you know it was, it was like weird fractal pharaohs and what just alien bobbles are you it, it was wild and it's like a great like computer background but maybe not the best thing that or maybe not the most appealing thing on a hoodie i like them but obviously they're mine um and i remember when i was doing that or prior to that when i was writing i was always listening to audiobooks podcasts or music and that's kind of one of the things that dawned on me is i was like here's something audio like you can still go about your life doing other like other shit you don't have to be sitting there with your eyes on the page reading or looking at you know graphic design i mean you look at it once and it's like that's fine but then like the story's over all the while i'm like listening to post malone or joe rogan and i was like that seems to me um, i'm like that seems like the biggest the most insulated thing is just like a soundtrack to someone's life something that they just throw on in the background and it can be listened to a million times over. You don't have to watch it. You can just throw it in. You can, you can go to the gym. You can drive your car. You can do dishes and still listen to it. And that's kind of one of the things that actually led to podcasting, amongst others. As I was like, what's like the most? Because even with like doing like Shopify and like doing like merch stores, like that was great. There was no overhead. It was print on demand, POD. I didn't have a warehouse. I didn't have to buy the printer. It was just, but there was still I had to pay. And 
it's still even that through like gears in the works and like as i was like i remember having like the revelation i was playing grand theft auto I had nothing to do with the revelation but i just remember like flying a helicopter over a lake and it was dawning on me that like following the trends each iteration of trying to be my own boss which would each last for 12 to 18 months they were becoming they're getting closer and closer to success as i had less and less co-founders co-workers employees and as i had less and less overhead and it kind of culminated i was like what is like the most like stripped down basic thing almost like forming an element and it would be it'd be just me with no employees no overhead and literally no physical product just ones and zeros just out there it's i can do it from a room it's stored on a hard drive the size of a thumbnail and that's it there's no shipping there's nothing and it can spread like wildfire it can scale up something can go viral can scale up like that a shitty meme made on a phone can be scaled up in a way that like even walmart would have to plan for and those are like kind of the signs I was looking at. So no employees, no overhead, and something that people can listen to or something that people can access and use. And it takes no energy to do it. And they can do it all the time. And that's kind of the things that led to this. And I really actually, I can't think of anything else that would fill that niche. Because even producing something like that, right, that has a video, the vast majority of people don't even watch. So I was like, I need something that people just listen to about anything and then within that it was like and how do i make it the most wide-ranging thing i just have to talk to people from all walks of life who have all different experiences and who hold all different beliefs now again i know this is all unsolicited stories that you didn't ask for you probably don't give a shit about and that's fine but i can only talk from my own experience like what other trends do you see kind of like super big picture like that sort of pyramid forming like what other like remove all expectations and of like what it should look like and like what are the things you see moving towards that is it decreasing employees is it less overhead is it something more insulated from like nf like that dropped 80 percent in a year like that's that's i would imagine that's a kick in the nuts yeah, what trends do you see and how are you going to apply that? If you want to talk about that, I would imagine if you... Oh, yeah, like I, I think I said earlier, one of the things that I could have done better was work with people that are more missionaries instead of mercenaries. So I, I'm like you myself. I'm very much like a hustler, a hard worker. I will, I, you know, I get shit done. And so very much like a founder mindset. So I can do a lot of things myself and learn skills and, and get things done. And then, you know, when I have a task that I can't do, like engineering or coding or something that I just... It would take me way, way longer than really it's um, that it should to to do. I should, you know, be be more careful of how I who I work with that I hire or I work with um, people that are in it, are passionate or that for the mission will stick around when when something goes wrong or there's a, there's a hiccup. Um, so I think it's you know to continue to do a lot of things myself and and get stuff done, but also you know hire those missionaries, people that are passionate, people that are in it for the long term uh you know here here to stay do you have any idea of of what that would look like specifically or is that more yeah, like, for sure. is that more like, like i said i'm talking to a few i'm t- talking to a few 
people to be potential co-founders that I've known for a long time that are very passionate about the ecosystem that I, I know and I trust and I've worked with before um, on a partnership capacity and collaborative community than some of our customers. And so, you know, it's, I have a level of trust that they're going to be there for the long term. So it's that's sort of those specific meetings that I'm ta- taking and going through and people that I'm, I'm talking to. Do you think it's going to be crypto NFT based? Is that is that where the yeah path, it'll be the it'll be blockchain lies? based probably more more crypto. Like I said, the the, the, the eat, eat healthy to earn is probably going to be more just straight up crypto and earning earning tokens, earning crypto tokens instead of NFTs. Um, uh, but but yeah. But it, so is that where the passion lies? Is that the thing? Like, is that the like? Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm very passionate about blockchain technology and the fact that it, you can you know, bypass intermediaries through, you know, through decentralized finance. You can have a, uh, you earn a fair interest rates for your for your money without needing a you know bank bank account or a driver's license or these gatekeepers. In through through um, NFTs, you earn you know, the, the actual value of, of what you're workers are you know worth without you know intermediaries of, of huge media companies that take the vast majority record record companies and big, big media companies that take the lion's share of the the worth even though the artist is you know providing the value of the work and then you know there's also something between gold DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations that are that are essentially corporations but um are organized in a way that they empower the average person to actually create businesses and create create value within an organization Without needing the um, overhead of you know lawyer fees and um, tons of you know tons of actual overhead and, and things, you can allows a lot of people to get stuff done quickly. So blockchain enables those those three decentralized finance, DeFi, NFTs, and DAOs to really revolutionize how people interact with each other, how, pe- how people build build businesses, how people um, earn money through through fair interest rates, where these corporate banks aren't you know lending our money through investment in bank banking and giving the average person 0.001% interest on their, on their money as they lend it out. So, um, so these technologies allow to bypass all these intermediaries that are taking advantage of the average person and, and they empower the average person to, to create value and to live their life uh, with value in, in all these kind of ways. What do you think about uh, for future listeners today is Thursday, October 6, 2022 it- 4:42 p.m. Eastern. That? I was just saying for future listeners. I was saying the date. Um, what do you think about uh, is 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 Elon officially acquiring Twitter? That's what I've been hearing. Yeah, I think, think, I think it's what, more official. What do you think the implications of that are going to? What what is his tweet when he's like, "This is all leading up to X." He's apparently got another company called X. I don't know, but I think it's going to lead to more free speech, which is always good. Oh, always, always free speech, absolutist. Like everyone, I want people on there. Who boil my blood? That's great. That's yes. fantastic. Because if that's protected, I'm protected, and if I'm protected, you're protected. The idea yes. of silencing is so terrible. So it's 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 evil, but best case, it's just creepy. You can't talk. That idea is dangerous. Other people are too. That's one thing, and not to go off on a tangent about this, but like that's one thing that's so absurd to me. That's dangerous information. Well, who's it dangerous to? It's dangerous to people because they're going to listen to it and they're going to do something dangerous. Were you tricked by it? When I said, uh, hey, if you drink battery acid, you'll cure COVID. Well, no, I'm not stupid. 
well, that's an admission that you think everyone else is stupid and that yeah. you have to approve. So to me, that is like, so you think that the dumb masses need need a curator. That is that is the beginning of the intelligentsia. That is the beginning <laughs> of the Politburo. That is the beginning of the Soviet committee of like right think. That's that's fucking horrifying in my mind. So yeah, if you don't like it, the company will fail then. You know, if a bunch of people go on there and they start spreading conspiracies that Hillary Clinton's a reptile. Yeah, well, then you know what? The company will probably implode. But I think most people will look at Alex Jones and go, hey, you know, he's an entertainer. Some of the shit says is wild. Sometimes he's right. Whatever. It's yeah. Tim Dillon said it. He goes, you need Alex Jones because Alex Jones is a lot like a, this is a lot like a dirty environment. When you raise a kid, you can't put him in a bubble. They have to, you know, get sick. And that's how you build an immune system. And you have to go through, right? We both went to college. We both got too fucked up. I know I've thrown off outside of a, a frat party or inside of a frat party. I know I've said stupid shit, sent rude texts, sent mean texts, tried to fight people, got punched in the face, stole a mailbox yeah. or two. I don't know what the uh, statute of limitations is on, so that's a metaphor. But maybe stole a mailbox or two in, in Athens, Georgia. Maybe I hid them in an attic somewhere. I don't know. That's just, we're talking in generality, gen, generalities here. Don't fucking be a rat. But you learn from it. And... I look at it and, uh, you know, sometimes I'm surprised I didn't die in college, but I do look back at it now and I'm like, you have to look, you have to go through puppy love and then get your heart broken to go, oh, it hurts, but okay. And then you, you look for, you look for other flags in the future. So like you have to have people that dupe you. I've parroted, I've parroted false shit on here before. And you know what? You feel bad after it. You look back 200 episodes later and you go, I can't believe I believed that. I, oh, I was saying it and now I'm an idiot. But now it sharpens your reasoning skills. So when you hear something now, I look at it and I go, I need some corroborating I'm sources. A, I'm a big proponent of people need to learn things the hard way. Yeah. And uh, I've definitely learned things the hard way in my life too, for sure. Yeah, yeah but that's that's the only way to go through shit is you become so much better. And if you remove that, you can't remove it. All you're doing is making a population weaker. If you have to, if you have to guard them from, you can't listen. Not only just the corruption that goes with it. The gatekeepers never end up being gatekeepers for the right reasons. They just, they just bl- use it for political reasons and maneuvering and power acquisition. Right. But even if they were the best, let's say they just had the best of intentions. Like, imagine like a, like a Father Lopez figure, just a truly, just a doing god's work they're still even though unintentionally they're still hurting you because what happens when they're gone and you don't know how to discern anything you take it all as truth and then you listen to this podcast and you hear jack and i talking about how there's a ufo under you know turner field well turner field's not there anymore and you believe it and that's how you get fucked um sorry for that little side tangent jack but, uh, okay, I agree with you. Um, um, but I know you got to run in a minute, so let's wrap this one up so I don't end up talking you right to the limit because I will. Um, any any closing thoughts, Jack? Yeah, I don't know. I uh, agree with you know what you just said about you know the, this. This is the great thing about blockchain technology is you know thinking eventually it's going to fight the mainstream media of like these new organizations i've thought i've had ideas that i've talked to people about creating 
decentralized news organizations that you know report nonpartisan news, um, and that people can earn money from from doing that or encrypt it from doing that. And uh, and I think I've talked to you about this before, but the more I'm an optimist, but I was even I was even skeptical that the, if we allowed the average person to to create create the applications and do things, it might not be the best thing because I don't know if the average person is a good person or a bad person. But I've been astounded by coordinated action by the average person to create really great things for humanity in the past two years and um, unlocking from these gatekeepers that are motivated by politics, motivated by wealth, motivated by, you know, screwing the average person over uh, is a really great thing. Um, Empowering the average person to create value is, you know, all you can ask for uh, in an app, in in technology. That's what we're doing in, in blockchain technology and across media, across organizations, across art and creative ventures um you know across earning a fair interest you know interest rate it's uh it's all there it's um you know kind of trusting the average person you might as well because you really don't have a you really don't have a choice right you can't look at the sun and go we got to make sure that thing keeps burning it probably is going to for a couple more billion years and if it wasn't I don't know what the fuck you're doing. So it's like, you might as well just like settle with that piece and be like, just go on about your day, man. You can't, should we let the sun keep burning? Dude, fuck. You got other, you got bigger fish to fry. Not really. You got smaller fish to fry. Um, Jack, hey, let's wrap this one up. Thanks so much, man. You know, I love having you on. You know, I love you. And um, best of luck, brother. I'll I'll text you when it's up. Send me anything you want me to put in the description, all right? Any links or anything? All right. All right, buddy. Take care, Jack.